You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. I love you guys so much. Just like Janet prayed for me in the prayer room earlier and was just like, praying that I would be speaking like you guys were just sitting in my living room and I was just having talks with my friends and that is truly what it's like. (laughs) That's truly what it's like and I'm so thankful for that. So today what I wanted to speak on, what I really felt like God wanted to share today was a few weeks ago I was just in the Word and I was in 2 Corinthians 3 and I came across the verse about, you know, us being like a mere reflection of Jesus it's in 2 Corinthians 3.18, um, and it just it just stuck with me, and God just kept unraveling more and more stuff on this verse, and uh, so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I just feel blessed to be chosen by him, you know? I just feel blessed that he chooses, he chooses each one of us, not just me, not just the person up here speaking, not just the person up here on the worship team. It's all of us. We all get to play a part. And um, aren't you thankful that he chooses us? Because he doesn't have to. He can just do everything by himself. But that's just not what he does because he loves relationships. So he chooses each one of us. We all have a part to play. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. So, um, Anyways, I'm not going to, actually, I am going to read 2 Corinthians 3.18, a part of that verse. I'm going to read in the Passion Translation, so I'm going to turn there real quick. And I've got my Bible on my phone here. So, um, 2 Corinthians 3.18, so all of us who have had that veil removed, which means all of us who are, who accepted Christ into our lives, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord unveiled is essentially what that verse is saying. We are like mirrors. So imagine like when I, like we're, we're literally a mirror. We reflect the image of God. So like what if ministry was just as simple as us realizing that we reflect, we behold and reflect the glory of God unveiled? What if that was it? Just being aware of that and knowing that about ourselves and doing it, right? You know, in Exodus 33, 2 Corinthians 3 talks about this a little before verse 18, but in Exodus 33, when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, he, he got a glimpse of the backside of God. He didn't even behold his face. He just got the backside of him. And when he came down from the mountain, his face literally shone with the glory of God. So much so that they had to, he had to cover his face. His face was veiled, right? But now, New Covenant ministry looks like us beholding the face of God face to face. Not the backside of him. Face to face, like we were talking about in worship, beholding our God, beholding our Father, seeing him face to face. And we reflect that same image unveiled. 
So, like, when I see you guys, I should be seeing the glory. When you see me, you should see the glory of God on me. It may not be physically, but it's there. It's on all of us. So, like, we're like Moses walking around, except for we're unveiled. We're, our, we're unveiled. The glory of God is unveiled before us, on us. So I was kind of just doing, I wasn't even digging around, but I just, this is so good, I have to share it. I, I was in Matthew 5.14, you know, I was just reading scriptures about who God says we are, you know. And you know how Jesus calls us the light of the world, a city on a hill? Matthew 5.14, that's what he describes us as, light, the light of the world. Well, I looked up the Greek meaning for that word. It's the Greek word for phos, and it means light and fire. So we are light and fire. Then I went through and I looked at what other word, what other verses in the Bible, phos, that Greek word phos, where was it? Okay. And it was also in the verse in Matthew 17, 2, where it talks about Jesus' transfiguration, and it describes him as light, phos. So... Okay, in Jesus' full divinity, they describe him as light and fire. And he also describes us as that same light and fire. Come on, like what? I was like, what? This is amazing. Like, we are Jesus in his full divinity, God, the same light and fire that is on him that he is, we are. (laughs) I was just blown away. I mean, I can go home now. Like, you guys have a great lunch. I'll see you later. I'm just, you know, no, I'll still go. I'll still go. I'll see. <laughs> you can't get rid of me that easy. But anyways, that was so good. I was, that really was just like, okay, wow. Amazing, right? Yeah. So as, like I said, as I was, you know, this verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18 about mirroring, us being a mirror reflection of God, I just, God kind of just kept unfolding this. I was taking an Enneagram class. <laughs> and um, he said something about, in psychology, uh, the behavior called mirroring. Has anyone ever heard of that? And I just was like, I immediately went, and I had read this verse way before that, and I just went back to that verse again. I was like, what? And I just started, all this unrevelation just started folding about my identity in God, and like, what mirroring is in psychology is often um, talked about when talking about, like, infant's development or children's development, mirroring is when you have an infant, the parent or the caregiver of the infant is the first mirror to the child, right? So when we, when we behold our children's face, even when they're a little small, when we tell them, you're doing such a good job, you're amazing, they get their identity from us by what we tell them, by what, what our face, by beholding our face, like our facial expressions, you know, with infants and things like that. And so it's part of our development, healthy development is to have that. A child who is neglected doesn't have that and doesn't get, doesn't fully develop into their sense of self. Let me read you a um, something here from an article, okay, from a psychologist. His name's Brett Steenberger. I found it online. Actually, Annie sent me some things. If you guys know Annie, she's amazing. She's um, working on her degree in psychology, and she's very knowledgeable about a lot of things, and I love talking to her about this stuff. It's so cool because I always, every time we have these conversations, I always, like, relate it to stuff with, like, me and Jesus, so it's cool. Anyways, I love how science and God come together, you know? And science just proves his existence, really, is what it does. So 
Anyways, this article says, an important theme in developmental psychology is that a relationship acts as mirror. An infant, in not, an infant is not born with a sense of self. That sense is acquired over the course of many interactions with caregivers. The child that is loved and nurtured internalizes those experiences and feels worthy of love. The child that is neglected or abused internalizes those negative experiences and might find it difficult later on to accept love from others. Many of a parent's interactions with a young child are of the variety. You're such a good girl. Look how big you are. Those mirroring statements form an important support for the developing sense of self when the brain is most plastic. So it's extremely important. So reading about this concept, right, I just, of course I thought about my own children, but mainly I was just thinking of God as our parent, you know? Like God, some of us didn't have healthy parents and caregivers, you know? Some of us didn't have that. And that's okay because the hope is that Jesus, he is where we should be getting our identity from in the first place. So there's healing and restoration there, right? So there is hope. But he, is our, he was our first parent, right? Because we were created in the image of God and we were um, made in his image, right? In Genesis 127, it says that we were, man was made in the image of God. The word man means mankind, so it doesn't leave the ladies out. It's actually man, and, ma- male and female, ma- created in his, in his image. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get these words out. So um, he's our most important mirror is what I'm trying to get at. Um. You know, when we behold the face of God, we find our existence and we find our identity, just like an infant does looking at their parent. You know, one day I was putting my kids to bed and I, I was just, it was after this too. I mean, I just was just getting this, like how important it is just to speak over them and like love them and speak to their identity. And of course we do that all the time, but just this came to me one day, I was putting the kids to bed and I just started singing over them just singing who they were. And I was just like, Stokely, no wonder they call you fire. No wonder they call you bold. No wonder they say you're amazing. Stokely. (laughs) Right? Then I picked up L and I said, L, no wonder they call you beautiful. No wonder they call you a light. No wonder they say, you're amazing. You're so beautiful, Elle. <laughs> and literally, I, it just kind of came, and they looked at me, and you could tell their soul was on fire. Like, I've never seen my kids look that way. They just were just like, and ever since that night, Owen can attest to this, every single night since then, Mama song, mama song, mama song, every day. Guys, they're craving it. They're craving something. They're craving someone to tell them who they are. And not just, oh, you're good. Yes, that's great. But they're, tell- they're craving someone to tell them who God created them to be. We are all craving someone to tell us who God made us to be. Stokely was made to be a fire starter. That's what his name means, to stoke up a fire. Elle was made to illuminate because her name means illuminated. Her name means light. That's who they were created to be, guys. So I'm telling you, we were created to to find out who we are. And like I said, God is singing over each one of us. We may not have had parents 
that sang over us and told us who we were created to be. But God is singing over each one of us a song that's our song, something that we were created to do. He's singing that over each one of us. But if we don't behold the face of God, our parent, we're never going to know what that is. We have to look to him to find out who it is. It's really easy to look to the world to find out who we are. That's not going to bring life, is it? It's easy to look to look at other people's lives and say, well, I want to do that. Well, that's replicating someone else's life. That's not your life, you know? It's really easy to look to whatever and find out who we are. We need to be holding the face of God, and that needs to be the loudest voice in our life, you know? You know, I'm showing my kids what a healthy mom is. I'm showing them what healthy emotions are. I'm showing them what healthy words are. I'm showing them what healthy relationship with what a healthy marriage is. I'm showing them what a healthy parent God looks like. We, whatever we, we are mirrors. We are reflecting something. What are we reflecting? What am I reflecting to them? You know, I'm not perfect. I don't get it right every time, but I think the more that we become aware of this as who we are, we probably will be more careful, you know? You know, we're not only replicating these things to our kids. Some of us don't have kids here. We also are replicating these things to our families, our friends, the people around us, our neighbors, people in relationship with people that God has placed in our lives. You know, in the next verse, the verse Genesis 127, where it talks about we are created in the image of God, the next verse, Genesis 128, says to be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. It's like, not only are we created in the image of God, we were created to be fruitful and multiply in everything we do. So we're supposed to be, the idea, the God design is that we're supposed to be recreating healthy and whole versions of ourselves. Like, I'm supposed to be, know who my identity is in Jesus, and I'm supposed to be sending that to my kids, passing that on to my kids and their kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. And then we have a whole line of generations that are healthy, whole, and are strong in their identity in Christ. That's the idea. That's the idea for the whole world. That was God's design for everyone. What happens is some of us or some of our parents don't, didn't get our solid foundation in our identity in Christ. And so then we're passing on dysfunction after dysfunction after dysfunction because we don't know who we are, right? So are we being fruitful and multiplying a healthy mirror image of God to those around us? But first we got to behold the face of God, but, you know. We must look to Jesus and the word of God to understand who we are, develop in our true identity in Christ. That's the only way we're going to find it is by spending time with him and knowing him. We're not going to do, do it by hearing someone preach a sermon. We're going to do it by spending time with him on our face before God. It may not be literally in our face, but spending time with him in the secret place. That's how we're going to know him, right? That's how it becomes ours. I can sit here all day and listen to someone preach on knowing their identity in Christ and not find my identity in Christ because that's their, that's their revelation, you know? Another thing that stuck out to me when God was showing me this mirroring um, concept was, you know, wow, if we have a distorted view of who God is, 
then we're going to be neglected in our identity because if we think we're beholding the face of God and we're not really seeing clearly who he is, then we're not going to get a solid, we're not going to ever develop in our identity, for one, because that's where we find our identity. And we're also not going to reflect back to the world who he really is. If we're a reflection of him, we're not going to be able to do that, right? Hello. I mean, are we seeing God for who he really is? God reminded me of his goodness and his love when he was telling me this. It's funny that those two things are the things that stood out when he said, do you know me, goodness and love? You know, one day I was in my house and I, I was just spending time with God and this is the first time this has ever happened. It was a powerful encounter. I just was spending time with Jesus and he just showed me this vision of of the stage, and there was people, and they, the people, it just went for miles. They're like, I couldn't even see the end of all the people, the crowd of people. And I was just like, what am I doing here? You know, and he just kind of pushed me forward and said, tell them I'm good. And, it, and I was just like, okay. And immediately I went forward, and I just fell on the ground. I just started weeping. God showed me. He was like, these are my pe- these are These are saved people. These are Christians who don't believe I'm good. And I literally sobbed, like, not only in the vision, but literally on my sunroom floor. <laughs> For, I don't, Owen wasn't home. I don't, I don't know. I was just by myself, and I was sobbing uncontrollably. It felt like I lost a child. That's what it felt like. I've never lost a child, so I can't completely relate, but I can imagine that's what the sorrow would be like. I just felt the sorrow of God, the grieving heart of God, that his own children don't think he's good, don't know he's good. I was just like shook, man. I was like, and then I felt like he said, tell them, tell them I'm good. And I think I skipped a page. Hold on, I'm sorry. You know, if we aren't getting a clear picture of who God is, then we're looking in a distorted mirror and we're going to have a false sense of identity for ourselves, and then we're going to give that false sense of identity to someone else. You know, I watch a lot of toddler TV shows with two two-year-olds. If you don't know, I have two two-year-olds. They're amazing. Twins, boy and a girl. We watch Bubble Guppies a lot. <laughs> I try to limit their TV, but I just really like the snuggle time with them, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you know, we're watching Bubble Guppies, Zoomy Zoomy. We're watching Mickey Mouse. And in all these shows, it's, like, pretty clear who the villain is and who the good guy is. Even my two-year-olds get it, you know? It's like the villain, he's walking around, he's taking things. He's messing everybody up. He's stealing, he's killing, he's destroying, you know? The good guy, the hero, he's coming, he's bringing wholeness, goodness, love. Does this sound familiar? You know? It's like God, good, devil, bad pretty simple, right? But we complicate it because we we look at our lives to tell us who God is instead of looking to him to tell us who he is, <laughs> right? We say, well, you don't know what happened to me in my life. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what she did to me. He did to me. You don't know what's going on in my life. How can, you don't know. I don't know, guys. I think we're confused, you know? 
In Hebrews 1.3, it says that Jesus is the exact representation of who God is. Let me read it, okay, just so you don't think I'm lying. I'm actually going to read, hold on, I'm going to read the Passion. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mere image. So, okay, one other verse. I just kind of already went over this, but John 10.10 is the one where it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, God, have come to give you life and life abundant, more than you can expect, Life in its fullness until you overflow. That's who God is. Okay? So saying, okay, man, I'm going to touch on something. It's going <laughs> to aggravate some people, and I'm ready for it. Yeah, stir up the pot. Um, <laughs> so saying God has caused or allowed something to happen bad to us, to teach us a lesson. Has, how many of you have heard someone say that or said that themselves? I used to say that before I knew that revelation of who God was. That doesn't sound like Jesus. When I look at Jesus' life, I don't see that. When I look at John 10, 10 when he come, he's come to give us life abundant, more than we can expect till we overflow, that doesn't seem like that, right? But what... Something changed when Jesus came, guys. Everyone wants to say, what about Job? What about Jesus? He's the exact expression of who God is. Okay? Something, I'm not saying God changed. I know that's not true. I'm saying everything else changed when Jesus came. Right? Can we all agree on that? We, we have to look to the life of Jesus to see who God is now. Or we're deceived. If we're believing by our experiences who God is, well, all this bad stuff happened to me, it must be God, then we're living by fact and not truth. Remember when I spoke last time about there's a fact of what we're experiencing in our life, and then there's a truth? Truth is higher than fact. Truth is the word of God, what Jesus says, what God says. We have to live our lives by that or we're deceived. And I love this quote. When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived right? Pretty profound. So if Jesus is an exact representation of who God is, what did he do? Well, we know Jesus healed all. Like Tony says, that word all in the Greek means all. And he didn't give anyone cancer. I don't see Jesus giving anyone cancer. I don't see Jesus causing people to die prematurely. He raised the dead. I do see that. I don't see Jesus causing storms to punish people. I see him calming storms. I don't see Jesus, oh, yeah, just another small one, guys. He came and he died a brutal death. When we crucified him and we betrayed him, he died for us to have fullness of life. I see goodness all over this story. I don't even see where, like, And don't even say it's semantics, like, oh, it's just the wording or what I say. No, it's not just how you say he caused bad things to happen, because what you say often is what you believe to be true. So it's not just wording. If we're saying things like, oh, he caused this to happen to me because he's teaching me something, you know what? I don't need to allow my kids to have cancer to teach them a lesson. I can just teach them a lesson. 
Like, I don't need my kids to walk through terrible things to teach them something. Well, will he use the things that we've been through? Absolutely, because he's a God of restoration. He's going to use everything, and he's going to redeem everything that happens to, that's terrible. And I don't have the answers for everything. And I'm not going to sit here and say I do. I won't. But we need to be okay with just when someone's going through something, being like, you know what? I don't know. But I'm here for you, and I know God loves you, and he's for you. We sing it up here, God's for us. We have no problem singing God's for us. Who can be against us? But in our wording and what we say, we don't really believe that's true. Or we wouldn't be saying things like that, right? He's love, guys. He's love. He's good. He's really, really good. He's better than we can imagine. And I literally was on the floor of my house sobbing, feeling the sorrow of God for his kids, for, you, for us, and the kids out there who don't believe in his goodness. You know, if our experiences and our pain and has the, ch- has the power to change the, who we think the very nature of God is, then that's just messed up. Like, the thing is, is that, like, we're, no matter what we believe, we're never going to change who he is. Like, we can either get on board with it or we can choose not to, you know? Like, he wants us to. We ha- the goodness of God has to be the foundation we must build our houses upon. Otherwise, we are sinking sand. We are crumbling foundation. When one bad thing comes along, one bad thing happens in our life. One person makes a bad choice that affects us. Or life just happens. The enemy comes, whatever and that happens, then we're just, we're just what, we're just going to crumble? We're just going to be like, okay, well, we have nothing else to stand on. The whole point that we're serving the Lord, yeah, that's another thing is like, people, if you don't believe God's good, then like, what are you doing here? Right. Like, right. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe that's harsh. I don't know. I've been there. I, I don't want to condemn anyone if you're there because there's grace and God wants to come and he wants to show you his love. He wants to reveal who he really is to you, you know? And I've been there before too. I've said those exact same things and I, I just was deceived. I just didn't know, you know? Okay, I'm moving on. I literally could talk about that for the whole time, but I just feel like God's saying, move on. So I'm just going to do that. Um, since God is good and we are a mere reflection of him, we should be reflecting goodness. What are we mirroring to the people in our lives? I'm going to start talking about relationships now because not only, like I said earlier, do we look in the mirror, God is our mirror, like a parent member. We look to him to find out who we are, but we are also a mirror to the world. It says in the for, you know, that's the verse I read, 2 Corinthians 3.18. You are like a mirror reflecting the glory of God. So what are we mirroring to the people in our lives? You know, what do they find out about themselves when they look at us? You know? This one convicted me, you know? It really did because, like, I don't always get it right. I mess up. <laughs> You know, I, I believe lot. I get into these moments where I believe lies about myself. I, I forget who I am. And then I'm just like saying something I shouldn't say, not thinking before I speak and just <laughs> blurting things out, then having to apologize. And it's just like, I find myself in these sometimes and it's just like, oh, I just keep messing up. I just keep saying things I shouldn't say. And I just get down on myself, right? 
But I want to talk about relationships and how important it is to have people in your life mirroring to you who you really are, you know? Because Jesus, he created us to do relationship with him, but also with others. You know, we are creating the image of God. God is an intimate, relational God. You can't have a relation, you can't have a true relationship with God, be walking in your identity in Christ and not do relationship well. It's just impossible. There's a there's a disconnect there. So I have the best kind of friends who, first of all, if your closest friends aren't aren't pointing you to Jesus, I don't know that you have the right closest friends. I'm just going to say it. I mean, I'm not saying ditch people on the side of the road and give up on people. I'm saying find people you can add to your life that are actually going to mirror something real to you, right? I haven't always had that. I'm thankful that I do. Sometimes I need a friend to encourage me, like when I'm in the, believing those lies and I'm messing up and having all these failures to come and be like, hey, this is not who you are. Actually, you're an amazing person. And show me that my failure isn't the biggest thing about me. Actually, it's not. It's just what I'm seeing, you know? And I had a friend do that this week and it changed everything. And I was just like, oh yeah, like I just shouldn't focus on my failures. I should focus on my growth. <laughs> How profound, you know? It's funny though that I had been, I had been kind of in a funk the last like a week ago and I kept going to Jesus and Holy Spirit being like kind of sozoing myself like what's in here God what's in here God and I just never heard anything and then a friend God used a friend a relationship to sh a couple friends to kind of get me back on track and I was like God why didn't you just tell me that he's like I like to use the relationship sometimes right like okay I'm good with that you know and then another friend called me out and kind of showed me, hey, I don't think you saw this, you know, you're, I don't, I'm just trying to point out, you may not, I know that's not who you are and not what you're wanting to do. And I was like, it saved me basically from doing something stupid. <laughs> like, so sometimes I need people to call me up higher and be like, and warn me and be like, hey, I know your character and you don't want to say that. That's just a dumb thing to say. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice, you know. And then another friend's like, hey, when I'm down on myself for those mistakes, she's like, hey, you're amazing, you know? Like, don't focus on the failures. Focus on how far you've come. And I'm like, okay, that's truth, you know? We need one another. We can't continue through this race, healthy and whole, without people in our lives and without vulnerability and intimacy. It's not just people in our lives. It's vulnerability and intimacy with those people. Because you can say all day, well, I have tons of friends. But are you vulnerable and intimate with them? And are they going to point you to Jesus? That's a whole other story, right? Because I've done that. I've been the person that's just had tons of friends that weren't deep connections at all. They really didn't know what was going on here. And they didn't have access to my life, that's for sure. They didn't have access to my life to call me out when I needed to be called out. Because now I know that it's not like they're calling me out because I know they love me. Okay? I used to be the person who was afraid to get deep, guys. Seriously. I was just like a very friendly, outgoing person, but that's just about how much you got out of me, you know? 
So I get it. <laughs> I'm just pointing you to what's healthy and what God's design for you is. It would be easy for any of us right now in all this to focus on areas where not being a great mirror, right? But let me point you back to 2 Corinthians 3.18 again. Hold on. I'll just read it. Just tell you who you are again, okay? With no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of Lord Jesus. The next part is, we are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. Glory to glory. Can't leave that one out. In the kingdom, we don't start over. Like, if we mess up, because we go from glory to glory, right? Once you're in the kingdom of God, if you mess up, you don't have to, like, start from the bottom and work your way up again. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We think that about ourselves because that's the way the world works. But that's not the way that works in the kingdom. If you mess up, Jesus is just like, just get back up and start again. And that's what we do, right? <laughs> Sometimes we get stuck somewhere. But we don't ever lose ground is what I'm saying, you know? Um, so it's not going to do us any good to focus on where we're not being fruitful. It'll do the most good to focus on where we are, where, where we've come. And that's what I had to do this last week is just focus on the growth that I have had and not focus on these little mess, mistakes, you know? It doesn't change, actually, those little things don't have the power to really change my identity, Right? We think they do, and we feel like they do when we get in our emotions, right? But it's just not the truth. We need to renew our minds to truth and believe the truth about ourselves. You know, another thing I wanted to talk on is, like, you know, letting distractions keep me focused on failure or it's the same way, like, it's easy to get let the enemy lie to us and distract us about who we are because this is all we can see right now is the mess I'm in or what I'm going through or what I feel right now. That's It's really easy to make that our truth, right? But that's just a distraction. from The, the enemy knows that if he can get you focused on that, then you're not going to be aware that you're a mirror reflecting the glory of God <laughs> and you're not going to do anything. You're going to be stuck. I've totally been there. So when I'm believing the truth of who I am and I'm aware, imagine the word aware in big, bold letters right here. Aware. <laughs> that was extra for you. <laughs> when I'm aware that I'm mirroring the glory of God through my life, then the glory that's released is so much more impactful. Right? When I'm actually aware that I have something to release, then what's released is like has the power to impact people. I'm not saying you can't still change the atmosphere because we all hold the glory. We like, we're one with Jesus. So when we walk in a room, Jesus walks into a room. But when I'm aware that I have that and I'm releasing something into the room because I have, I am a mere reflection of the glory of God, then it, the impact is much more great, right? When I'm up here leading worship, like if I'm just playing a song and focusing on the chord sheets and trying to play the chords right and trying to get their harmony right, I'm not 
I'm just focused on trying to sing a song good, right? That's why we have practice, so that we can practice doing that. And then when we get here on Sunday morning, we can just not worry about that as much and just worship, right? Because we know that when we're aware that we're releasing something out here to you guys, something is changing. And I've actually felt that before. I've, I've felt many times where I've led worship and I've just been singing a song, just getting through, because I didn't know the word, the, I didn't put in the time and the effort to practice the song. So I was just getting up there and doing it. And then I felt when I'm literally beholding the glory of God on me and I know that I have it and I'm releasing it to you through a song or through one strum of a guitar or just being up there. I can feel the difference. The word aware means conscious of. It's on your mind. So what's constantly on your mind of who you are and what you're beholding about, what, what you're mirroring? Is it like all, all your failures, your mess-ups? Is it what you're feeling, this gunk, that you're just having a funk, you're just not doing good this week? Or is it, you know what, I'm, behold, I'm mirroring the glory of God. That's always going to be in my mind. I would propose that if we were actually were doing that all the time, our lives would look much different. I know mine would. I mean, okay, like when I'm reflecting the glory of God, I'm not thinking about myself and how I feel right now. I'm not worried. I'm focused on others, God and others. Right? I'm in love with God and I'm in love with people, basically. Like, let me give you something fun here. When I'm aware that I'm mirroring the glory of God to the world, I'm going to walk into a grocery store. Okay, listen, when I'm not aware, we'll start with not aware. When I'm not aware of anything, when I'm just in my own thing and I've just forgot about who I was, I'm going to walk in the grocery store, get the cart, and I'm going to go into the store and there's going to be a person in front of me and I'm going to get super annoyed because the person in front of me is walking really slow. If you know anything about Enneagram 3s, you know we don't like slow walkers, okay? It just gets on our nerves. Right? And I'm going to be annoyed at that. And then I'm going to get to the bread aisle because I came there for bread. And they're not going to have the bread I want. So I'm going to be annoyed. They're like, why did I even come here? This is pointless. And another slow walker. I'm going to get to my car. I'm just going to have a bad day. I'm just going to have a bad day. You know? And then, but then when I'm aware of the glory of God, I'm going to walk into the grocery store. I'm going to grab the cart. I'm not going to be annoyed at anybody. You can't be annoyed. You can't be offended when you know that the glory of God is on you and you know who you are and you know Jesus because you're fully accepted and fully loved, so it doesn't matter. And you're not about self anyways in that moment. You care about and love people. So I'm going to get my cart. I'm not going to be annoyed. I'm going to bless that person who's walking slow. You know, I'm just going to take my time and thank God for this day. And I'm going to walk in the store and every person I see, I'm going to feel God's love for each person. Be like, wow, God, you love that person. You love that person so much. You love this person. Oh, maybe I'll get a word for somebody. Maybe I'll go over and give him a hug and just be like, maybe I'll smile. Just be like, have a great day, you know. I'll do my big eyes, like Ted says, you know. You know. I'm just going to be in love with people, you know. And then we get to the bread aisle, and they're not going to have my bread. And I'm be like, it's okay, God, because I'm not here for no reason. What do you want me to do, God. I'm here for you, Jesus. It's not about me. I'm just thankful I get to serve with you. And I'm, I might go p- buy someone's groceries. I don't know. Maybe I'll go pray for someone. Maybe someone will get healed. Maybe so- the whole grocery store will get saved and set free, right? I mean, 
that's the difference, right? And I'm not saying I do this, guys. I'm not. I'm really real with you. Like, that, that's not my life every day, okay? I have moments of that, but I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing Jesus to transform me into who I am and renew my mind. Because the more, here's what's possible. I've said this before. Here's what's possible, right, for us in our life. Walking in the created, the image that God created us to be. Here's what's possible. Sky's the limit, basically. There really is no ceiling. So I can't even do this. I just have to go. And here's maybe where I'm living, you know? And so my job is to close the gap. How can I close the gap? Renew my mind to truth. I can't earn it by going and praying for more people. I can't earn it by anything, by cleaning the toilets of the church. I can't earn it by serving and doing everything that needs to be done here. I can't earn it by being anything, trying. I can only earn it by being who he says I am and believing it, right? That's how we're going to get there. And he's going to do the work for us. He's going to transform us. I can't take credit for where I am right now. I can't take credit for the growth that I've had in Jesus, how I've transformed. Do I have more to go? Yeah. The people in my life closest to me know that's true. It's not, you know. Anyways. So let's close the gap, right? Why, why are we closing the gap? Not just so we can feel better about ourselves or just because like what we sing today, when we lose our life to Jesus, we gain life. The only way that you will find true life is by losing it to him. That's why we sing that today. We have to, that's why it says die to self. Because it's not our life to begin with. It's his. We are created in his image. So the only way we're going to find our true walk in the fullness of life and what he paid for and have fulfillment of life for ourselves is to lose it to him. The world wants you to think that the only way you're going to gain life is to keep your life really, really close. Don't let any, don't, don't let any ounce of that life away. Hold on to it with all your might. Get what you deserve, man. Get what you want. Do what you want. That is not the way to, I'm telling you, that's not, I've tried that, guys. Some of us in this room have tried that. It doesn't work. We crashed and burned big time, right? I'm just imagining all those gifs right now of people just like crashing and burning or, it's way worse than that. So anyways, I feel kind of weird closing at this point, but I think you guys get the point. (laughs) You guys are beautiful, beautiful mirrors reflecting the glory of God. Yeah. And you have something to offer. You know, you do. I believe that God is showing some of us or has shown some of us during this time that like maybe areas where we're kind of cracked in our view of ourselves. Maybe we're cracked in our view of God, who God is, so we don't really know who we are because we don't see him as a clear picture. Maybe we don't really know who God is yet. You know, we're still trying to figure that out. Or maybe we're cracked in, we are mirrors cracked because we're not reflecting back to the world like we should be. And so if God showed you any of those areas or showed you that that's you, 
I just want you to know that there's hope and healing and wholeness available to you. There's always hope. Listen, we serve the God of all hope. So there's always hope. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, there is hope, okay? I, it's just impossible when you serve a God of all hope. You may, not, you may feel hopeless right now. You may be thinking, well, you don't even know what I'm going through. Okay, that, yeah, you may feel that way, but that's not the truth. The truth is you serve a God of all hope, and there's hope for restoration, for us to get there, guys. We can get there. This is not too hard. It's not unobtainable. You know, I had to break that lie off me, and I still do sometimes. This lie of this is not obtainable. What you speak on, what you're preaching on, what you guys are doing here is not actually obtainable. That's a lie from the enemy. It is obtainable. Jesus said it was obtainable through his life. He was fully human when he was here. He had everything that we have. So I just want to break off that lie in the room right here that this is not obtainable. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Did your guys' moms ever say that? My mom was like, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That was like a thing that we said in our house. But it's true. So anyways, I just want you guys to stand because I really believe that a lot of times that we get healing is just by beholding the face of God. When we look at him, because we are, because he mirrors who we are. So when we look at him, he's whole. And we're bringing our brokenness. When we behold his face, we can just glare at his face, gaze into his face and become whole in an instant. You know? Sometimes he does that with people. Sometimes it's a process. It's just whatever he chooses to do. But I fully believe that we can be whole in an instant. So I just want you guys to kind of posture your face towards Jesus right now in this moment and just receive whatever he has for him. Just behold the face of God. And what I mean when I say that is close your eyes and imagine God standing in front of you like a vision. You can also hear God in other ways. You can hear him through impressions. I'm just getting an impression that this is what God is saying to me. That's how God speaks to me, okay? You can also get that by feeling something. Maybe you're feeling the presence of God right now. You might feel tingling, heat. So when I say behold the face of God, I just want you to kind of lock in with him in however way that you hear from him right now. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. God, we just behold your face, God. Let him tell you who you are. Let him tell you who he is. It's just good for your soul. Oh, there's a grace in the room for healing, physical healing, emotional healing right now.
God is singing over each one of us. Like when I talked about how I sing over my kids, who they are, God is singing over each one of us. Ask God, what is he singing over you? I hear one thing for somebody in here. You're not a mistake. <laughs> oh, I fashioned and designed you. <laughs> oh, you weren't your mom and dad's decision. You were mine. <laughs> That's for somebody in here, maybe multiple people. God designed you. Come on, what is he singing over us, guys? What is he saying? So proud of you. <laughs> You're amazing in all your ways. He's never disappointed in us. over us. He's laughing over us. He's smiling over us. He's not mad. He's not upset. He's not an angry God. He's really, really good. He's got a big old cheesy smile. The cheesiest smile you've ever seen. And he's dancing and he's laughing because you're his joy. You're his joy. He wants to restore every lost thing, every part, every ounce of grief, every ounce of pain. Let me tell you that one glance of that smile, that cheesy smile, can take away every ounce of disappointment in a second. It can take away every ounce of pain in a second. <laughs> yeah. And I really believe that Jesus wants to restore relationships. I felt it in the prayer room before we started, when we were praying before service, and Sean shared a testimony about a restored relationship. I felt like as he shared that, a grace came into this place. God wants to restore relationships. If that's for you, just reach out and grab it. You know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that your heart is for restored and whole and healthy relationships with you and with others, God. 
We surrender to you, God. We surrender ourselves to you and say, let you have your way in our relationships with others, in our families, in our relationships with our kids, in our relationships with our spouses. You know, I'm going to let you guys continue having your moment with Jesus. I know some of you are seeing him, experiencing him, and he's speaking to you right now. I want you to stay there if that's happening, okay? Just say, more Jesus, more Jesus, more Jesus. Thank you, God. But we're also going to have prayer people up here. If you need personal prayer, if you want someone to pray for you for healing or just bless you, give you prophetic word, encourage you, we're going to be up here ministering. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, God. Can you guys feel his goodness in the room? Yeah, it's, he's so good. Never exhaust that topic. Never get tired of saying it. I'll give my life for it. I'll look undignified for it. I'll never stop singing it. Go up on a hill and die for it because it's who he is. want to bless you guys and if you have to go you're more than free to go but I just want you to, this is our opportunity if God is doing something just to stay there sometimes God asks us to stay in the moments to receive all that he has for us okay so just stay if he's doing something but I want to bless you that if you have to go or if you have to get your kids that's okay too Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.